welcome to another episode of the wrap up live where i am orin weisfeld i'm still orin weisfeld and i'm alone today um everyone else aiden sahel um keon even they all they all have lives i guess on a saturday night so they left me alone to do this one that's okay because uh, the Raptors rewarded me and my fandom with a with a big, nice, kind of easy win for the first time, I'll, I'll say in a while. 122-107 over the Minnesota Timberwolves. And I say for the first time in a while because it feels like the Raptors haven't gotten a ton of wins this season where it felt like the whole game through, you felt pretty comfortable watching. Um, even in the games where they had big leads, you always felt that sense of, I don't know. Comebacks could come at any time. You never know. And I do think that the Raptors have steadied themselves a little bit. Three game winning streak now in the sense of you feel a little bit more confident in these leads. I still don't feel very confident, uh, especially against a really good team, which the Wolves were not tonight for reasons we'll get into. But you are starting to feel a little more comfortable. It was one of those wins where, again, the whole the whole game, the Raptors really were in control. So that's a big credit to them. Um Obviously, the Wolves were missing Carl Anthony Towns, missing Anthony Edwards, who suffered an ankle injury last game. It looks like he could be up for a while, which really sucks because he's one of the best young players in the league. And I was looking forward to seeing him against the Raptors. But you have to win the games that are in front of you. Uh, Every team does. We're at a point in the season now where it is so tight, these races for the play-in on both ends, uh, the the East and the West. So you just have to win the games that are in front of you. It doesn't really matter how healthy those teams are or how healthy you are even. There's there's just no more time for excuses or anything. It's, it's just winning time. So again, nice to see the Raptors really pull one out where they felt like they were in control the whole game. Um, here are the kind of base stats again for the Raptors win. I think the offense, I want to start there because it wasn't the best defensive showing, you know, 107 points, not bad, but against the Timberwolves team that's this injured, it's not something that you can say, wow, the Raptors really had a great defensive game. Um, Certain guys did, and we'll get into them. But in general, I think the Raptors just won this one because their offense was consistently humming. There was a section where the start of the third quarter, they just went ice cold. But even then, in that start of the third quarter section, where, you know, I think the Raptors only had in total in the third quarter uh, 28 points. So it was their lowest scoring t- uh, quarter. Even then, though, they were getting good looks. Like guys were creating good looks and they were just like missing wide open threes or missing open jumpers. So even, even in that kind of lull, I felt like the Raptors were creating some really good looks offensively since Pirtle has become um a raptor it just it everything runs a little bit more smoothly because he's that guy who doesn't really care about his own shot like he's always just gonna look to keep moving the ball and I feel like that gets everyone else like slightly better looks or it just gets everyone else um everyone else can kind of get theirs because the fifth guy in that lineup doesn't feel like he needs to get his uh, here's a really nice pearl pass since I actually have it up here. This is a nice set play. Him and OG have that nice chemistry where it's kind of inverted, where Pearl gets it up high near the elbow and OG roams the baseline. They found each other a lot in those situations. But specifically the Pearl Fred Van Vliet pick and roll 
that is just something that I think is so nice because it's something that whenever the Raptors offense gets a little stagnant, like whenever the offense needs to buy a bucket and, and they just kind of don't, they don't have maybe Scotty miss a shot, Pascal miss a jumper or whatever. They can always now just go to that Fred Pirtle pick and roll. And it's so consistent. Like it is just, it's, I would say their most consistent source of offense, which is kind of funny because Pirtle only got to the Raptors um, a few weeks ago. But you just see like Rudy here. Even this is not the best example because um, obviously he doesn't make the pass to Yak. And this is just kind of Fred with a nice uh, pump fake on Nikhil here. But even Rudy here, you just see how he plays it. And if that's less of a threat, if that's Coloco, Rudy is just going to take away the Fred drive and dare him to make a nice pass and dare Coloco to finish. But because it's Yak and because Yak has made him pay already several times this game, he's really in the middle. He, he's playing cat and mouse, but he's he's not committing to Fred at all. So it basically lets Fred play Nikhil one-on-one with a clear advantage because because Pirtle gave him that advantage on the screen, right? So Nikhil's always playing ch- catch-up on this possession. So I think this is a pretty good example of just where that advantage is created and, again, why that Fred and uh, Pirtle pick-and-roll is so consistent and, and such a dependable thing that the Raptors can go to. So, yeah, let's get into in terms of stats that stick out. Um, Raptors shot 53% from the field. They don't do that very often. So that's again to the offense. They had 11 steals and 18 fast break points. So that was, yeah, we'll go into some individual guys, but definitely turning the, the wolves over and getting out in the run was a big part of this game for sure. Um, in terms of those steals, Gary Trent Jr. with five on the night. I tweeted last game against OKC how, you know, he had a couple off games against the um, L.A. teams in L.A. on that road trip. Gary did. And, you know, Gary is what he is. Like, he's a jump shooter who runs hot and cold, and some days he's not going to have the best games in terms of that shooting. Sometimes it's not going to fall. Sometimes it is, and he's going to provide you with really great outside shooting and, and kind of save you. But one thing that doesn't depend on that is the defense. Like, that, how he plays defense should not be dependent on how he shoots the ball. So it was nice in the OKC game to see him really bought in on the defensive end. I thought he was more active than ever. His hands were getting in the way of things. And then today, again, really rewarded for just being so active and into the ball on defense with five steals. And most of those went the other way for easy Raptors buckets. Um, Eight of 14 is obviously nice shooting, but I really I'm looking for, you know, for the end of the season, especially as the Raptors have to consider whether or not they pay Gary this offseason, which I think is going to be a hard choice, given that Fred and Pirtle seem like obvious guys you should pay the way they're playing. Um, maybe people would disagree with that, but but Gary, he has to buy in on the defensive end, and he has to have more games like this um, from here until the end of the season because, yeah, he's coming off the bench, and, yeah, he, he, he might be less comfortable in his role and all that stuff, but the defense shouldn't be dependent on role or who he's playing with or any of that stuff. 
he needs to just be active on that end. And I thought tonight he really was. He also had three assists and probably the nice assist assists I've ever seen him make uh, on a nice dish to Pirtle. All right. My light is like really tripping me out. So I'm going to have to turn it off. And or maybe that's better and it doesn't. It's acting up. Okay. I I said, Gary, since we're already on the bench, I want to talk about Boucher real quick. <laughs> Nothing alarming. Only five points. Two, two blocks, two seals, and assists, four rebounds. Like, those are not jumping off the page. But plus nine, him and Gary are the only guys on the bench who are in the plus. And I thought Boucher had a really great game tonight. Super active defensively, running the floor super well, made a big three. Nothing flashy, but he's just been playing great. And yeah, a point I wanted to make is that the Raptors are at a point right now where their starting lineup is really good and really consistent. If they get two guys on the bench to have good games, which I think with Boucher and Gary, they did tonight, I think they're going to win more often than not. Like, we're at the point where as long as their bench competes and plays pretty well and, and kind of keeps pace with the other team's bench, the Raptors have a really good shot of winning. And so credit to Boucher and Gary tonight for for coming out and, and just jumping off the bench in that in that second quarter. Um, even Gary in the first quarter doing and just playing with a ton of energy. Gary, I thought in that third quarter, when I mentioned the Raptors went into a little bit of an offensive slog, they just couldn't hit shots. Nick Nurse called a timeout, got Gary on the floor for Scotty Barnes, and Gary immediately made like a pull up too. And it was just like, oh, yeah, this is a really nice luxury to have when your starters aren't shooting the ball well. You bring off Gary off the bench and you just ask him to create a bucket for you. In terms of the starters, uh, they really all had good games. Like Scotty maybe was the least noticeable. It was a bit of a, he took the back seat tonight for sure. Pirtle, I already talked about screener roll game was phenomenal. His rebounding is so, so, oh my God. Like I know this is nerdy and it's not sexy, but what Pirtle has done to me more than anything on the Raptors since he became uh, a Raptor it, is just solve their rebounding issues. And yeah, like the screen, the, the rim protection is definitely the more sexy thing and the more noticeable thing. But uh, when you're going against Rudy Gobert and you you kind of hold him in check, even though Gobert had five offensive rebounds. Like a lot of that was when Pirtle was off the floor with these uh, foul trouble he got in, but 11 rebounds for Pirtle. He's just such an amazing defensive rebounder. And uh, when you play a guy like, like um, Gobert, you really need a big, like, like a true big to do that. Fred. Okay, I, everyone I mentioned so far had good games, but but the big three of Fred, Scotty, and OG, um, sorry, Fred, Pascal, and OG tonight. Though that that's the reason the Raptors ran away with this game, and it was never close. Like those guys came to play, they bullied their opponent, whoever they were matched up against. They they clearly won the fight. Fred with twenty eight points, seven assists, two steals, uh, three made threes five of six from the free throw line. And, and he was matched up on Mike Conley and Mike only had 12 points. Like Fred's defense has really gotten to a next level recently, I think. And then Pascal with 27 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. OG with, tw- with 15 points, um, two rebounds and assists and a steal. But especially in that first half, OG was just not missing anything. 
Um, yeah, I think those are the three guys who the Raptors leaned on tonight. And, you know, with Barnes, that those are three of their four best players. So the more often that they can be consistent, the better. And yeah, they, they've been really consistent recently. Like, we'll go one by one here. OG over the past couple of weeks has just been as consistent as any Raptor. He, he's obviously taking the best defensive assignments every night, but offensively too, like his three ball is just, he he's knocking down shots at such a high level. When he takes it off the dribble, he is doing really good things with it. And he's such a force. And like I tweeted this too, but he now every game, it feels like he has two plays at the rim where either it's a big block or a big dunk on somebody. Actually, I can find I can find the dunk that he had tonight, I think. Um, those plays are just such big momentum swings um, for the Raptors. That's the wrong play. You know, like especially when you're home, right? You're home and the crowd is kind of into it. But you get a guy like OG to to make a play like this, like where he switches his hands in midair and dunks over McDaniels that it just, you know, I'm at a lot of these games, obviously not tonight, but you just get the crowd into it. The Raptors no longer have, you know, this crowd that every game, no matter what, is going to be on their feet, you know, like with all due respect, it's more of a business oriented crowd and you have to play them into the game like the crowd is its own issue. It is what it is, though, right? If you're the Raptors, you have to accept what it is. And you have to know that if you don't play well, they're not going to get very into the game. So you have to make these plays. And and this is just, I bring up OG because he's just making these plays consistently now where he brings the crowd into the game with these big dunks or these big blocks. And he's just becoming more of a bully, which I think is a really good thing in terms of how he can affect the game. He can be such a bully because of, his size and his power and his dominance. So another big OG shot here. Yeah. I I just thought he had a really good game and he's just been super consistent for the past few weeks. Um, Pascal had a slow start for this one for sure, but he picked it up in the second half in the third quarter. Specifically, he was just bullying guys. Uh, Minno. That's why I say it. Minno. Minno. He, he, he bullied Josh Minow several times. I don't know why that was the matchup and why they weren't double teaming, but but that's Pascal. He, I always thought the talk about Pascal not being able to play well with Pirtle was overblown because obviously since they made the trade, Pascal's offensive production kind of fell off a cliff. I thought that was overblown because I think the biggest reason still that he's not at the level that he played the start of the season at is because his jump shots not going down at the level it was like when when pascal's midi is going down then guys have to take a step off him and kind of dare him to drive and that's when he's unstoppable when he can either go to the jump shot or counter with the drive or vice versa and purtle being there has nothing to do with Pascal having a jumper or not. It's just that like jump shots come in ebbs and flows for everyone other than Steph Curry. And you just, there's going to be times in the season where it feels really good coming off your hand. There's going to be times where it's not. So I think Pascal's kind of down play recently has been more than anything about his jump shot than Pirtle. And in a game like tonight, even he made a couple early jumpers and then, 
he just started bullying guys to the rim. Um, he's still not back all the way in terms of that jumper. Like he he can he has a long way to go to get it back to where it was at the start of this season. Um, but yeah, like I, I fully feel confident that he can play with Pirtle and and he can find his spot in the new kind of offense, no matter what, because his jumper is going to come back a little bit in terms of that midi. And then it's just going to open up so much for him and his drives and, and his, his kind of counters and all that. And then lastly, Fred Van Vliet. Uh, I feel like in some ways, Fred and Pascal have reversed roles from last season where last season, Fred was the all-star and then he tapered off. And this season, Pascal is the all-star and he tapered off and the other one kind of took over. But yeah, Fred is has been, I think, the best Raptor for a few weeks now. And he he's definitely benefited from Pirtle. Like what I just said about Pascal, I, I think is true, but but he hasn't benefited from Pirtle a whole lot on the offensive end in the same way that a guy like Fred has, because they're running way less Fred Pascal actions and way more Fred Pirtle actions where Pascal is kind of in the corner. But but Fred, it's just unlocked his passing game. He's averaging about 10 assists since the um, since the trade deadline, a game, which would be way higher than his career averages. And yeah, it's because Pirtle is just opening up so much. And it's not just because he's assisting a Pirtle. It's also because Pirtle will set the screen roll. And then it, if the defense buys too much in on the roll, Fred will just have an easy pass to the a skip pass to the opposite wing for an open three because that guy ducks in on the roll. So it's really opened up Fred's game. Also, his three point shooting is better because I think Pirtle is, is just giving him so much more room on those screens. But defensively, that doesn't really have to do with Pirtle. I think Fred is just getting healthier as the as the year goes on. He's played himself into a way better shape as the year goes on. And now he's back to being that all defensive level caliber guy that we know he can be in terms of the the off ball defense was always good in terms of those dig downs and stuff. But now the on ball D like he is keeping guys in front of him. He was matched up with Shea Gilgis Alexander last game and he did a great, great job on Shea. Um, easier matchup, I would say, with Conley tonight. But again, I, I'm, I read Conley's stats earlier. Fred did a really good job on Conley. So that big three for the Raptors came up huge and gave it, made it so that this game was never that close and that this game was just kind of always in the Raptors for control. And that's kind of the thing. It's like the Raptors are, are, this is why the season's been so, so frustrating. They're such a talented team, that big three. And then you add, Barnes and it's a big four of Vendley, OG, Siakam, and Barnes. Like, not many teams have a better big four than that in terms of just individual talent, I don't think. So, like, some do for sure, but but not many teams. Definitely not like the 16 teams that are above them in the standings by any means. So, this is, season has been about how to fit those four together and play them in the best spots possible and all that stuff. And it hasn't been about the talent, but when you do learn those things around the edges, the rotations, um, the the offensive system, the defensive system, all that stuff, and you just let those guys' talent kind of shine, like in a in a one on one situation, who's a more talented team? They are gonna more often than not be the more talented guys, and and I think that was certainly the case tonight. They they out talented Minnesota, no matter which way you put it. Like we can talk about scheme, but at the end of the day. 
those guys in their one-on-one matchups, OG, Bar- uh, Siakam, and Fred, they were just better. And I think they're capable of being better than their than their guy they're matched up against against most teams. So, yeah, good win. Um, speaking of rotations, it's interesting that Nurse over the last couple of games has gone to more of a bench of Pascal and OG have been matched up together, and they they killed it in the second quarter. Especially the game was pretty close until those guys got on the floor together with the bench, started the second quarter, and ran away with a big lead that the Raptors never relinquished. And that means Fred and Barnes are playing together. Uh, Louis Zatzman has written about this at Raptors Republic, if you want to go check out his piece, um, because I think it's smart. I think it's taken Nick a really long time to figure out some of these rotations, but we're no longer seeing the one starter for bench guy units. And a part of that is Achua being out of the rotation, but we're seeing more three bench guys. And then those two starters that I mentioned, usually Fred and Barnes or OG and Pascal. And over the last two games, at least it has worked. It's a small sample size, but as Lewis kind of touched on, he gives the reasons why he thinks it can work long-term. All right. Do we have any questions from the audience? Cause that was a 20 minute ramble and uh, yeah. Do we have any questions before we all get out of here and enjoy our Saturday nights? Do we, do we, do we? Not a very active uh, audience today. Like I was watching the chat the whole time I was talking. We got a good amount of people in here, about 65 people, but like no one has been talking. So does that mean you guys have just been listening to me very attentively for the last 20 minutes? Or does that mean you've completely tuned out and are doing other things such as watching, you know, March Madness instead? And I'm just like a background voice. That's that's what I want to know, because nobody's talking in the chat. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Um, or are you guys just really attentive, just really, really locked in on my voice? That's that's what I want to know. All right, I'm not seeing any questions. I got a lull from Carlos, so that's that's all I actually care about. As long as I can make one person laugh tonight, I I feel pretty happy with myself. But yeah, um, if if I don't get okay, people are listening. Otis says so. That's good to know. Really good to know. Do we have any questions, or are we all ready to get out here? Raptors obviously are on a back to back tomorrow. They will play in Milwaukee against the the Bucks. So that is going to be their biggest test. Obviously they're on this three game winning streak and that feels really nice uh, given the way the season has gone. But if they could get a win against the Bucks on the second night of a back-to-back, that would feel really, that would feel a lot nicer. Matthew Coombs says I was in the shower during my rant. So that's why he wasn't chatting. Honestly, didn't, didn't, didn't need to know that to be really, to be real honest with you. Uh, but that's cool. I hope I hope next time you shower, you don't have my voice on in the back. But yeah. All right, guys. I appreciate you all listening. This was fun. Um, this The Raptors season is turning around here a little bit, which is fun for us because we might be able to watch some really important games down the stretch of the season. And that's what being a sports fan is all about. It's not about the draft lottery, I promise. It's about uh, watching important do-or-die games in the playoffs and at the end of the season. So Thank you, Raptors, for maybe doing that. Um, I'm going to get out of here. Before I do, Taxman. Can-Am Taxman of the game. I'm going back to Fred Van Vliet. 
a lot of good options, but I felt like he was the best player two-way, both sides of the floor from start to finish. Obviously, like I said, OG in that first half was great. Pascal in that second half was great. But Fred throughout the whole game carried the Raptors to a certain level of competence. So he's my tax man of the night. Go to canmtax.com or call the number at the top of your screen because tax season is upon us in Ontario. You might even be late. And they'll do a great job with your taxes if you give them a call. So Fred Van Vliet gets our tax man of the night. I get my, yeah, I get my, I got my taxes back already, actually. And uh, yeah, that's, I'm not even going to get into it. I'll, uh, we will see you guys tomorrow night after the Raptors Bucks game. Have a good weekend. (laughs) 